Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our Free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 9, 1 through 12, called Bowls and Boils. Release my people. Romans 7, 6 says, Now we have been released from the law, having died to that which we were bound, so that we may serve in newness of spirit, Romans 7, 6, and not in oldness of the letter. So if you won't let them go, behold, the, land, the hand of the Lord, Exodus 9, 3, will come with a very severe, Hebrew word, kabed, it's devastating in the RSV, pestilence. If you won't let them go, here comes another plague. Plague number five. It will come on your livestock. New King James has it as cattle, which are in the field. That's a key thing to remember. On the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the herds. If you have an NIV, it's the cattle. New King James oxen. And on the flocks, if you have a New King James, it's the sheep. NIV has it as sheep and goats. All of a sudden, the... uh, plague is announced and here's what it's going to be. It's going to be against all these various animals. Now you have to remember in an agrarian culture where there were no cars or no transportation of that sort, animals were absolutely essential to life for the plowing of the field, for transportation and the like, for wealth. And so you could say in many ways, this is an attack, not not only against the religious worship and we'll talk about this in a second, of Egypt, the false worship where they worshiped a lot of these animals, but also against their economy. God is going to attack the very place of their economic well-being, if you will. When a person or a nation was uh, considered well-to-do, they had a lot of this going on. They had a lot of animals and livestock and the like. And a severe pestilence was coming, and it was going to come if you will, on the economy, on all of Pharaoh's, are you ready? Sacred cows. Now, before we move on and sit in the stands as we often can do and say, Pharaoh, 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 what are our sacred cows in our country, in our life? What are the things that we've elevated as gods with a small g in our lives? whether it's economic or even things that, you know, grab our heart. You know, later on in Exodus 32, Israel is going to make a sacred cow or calf and worship it as Moses delays up on the mountain getting the law for 40 days and 40 nights. And they will worship this golden calf. And of all things, they will say, this is the God who led you out of Egypt. Can you imagine being God up on the mountain? It's like, no wonder God said, hey, I'm starting over with you, Moses. Just stand back. I'm going to fry him. (laughs) Moses interceded. God is filled with loving kindness. That's why I'm still here. Anyway. And so the list of animals has at least five different kinds that I count. And cattle among others, were sacred animals in Egypt and represented by various deities. Cults dedicated to the bull were common throughout Egypt. I'm reading there was Bucchus, the sacred bull of Hermonthus and Menevis, uh, 
who was worshipped at a place called Heliopolis. Sometimes bulls were considered to embody the gods Ptah and Ra. But the chief bull was Apis, A-P-I-S. At the temple in Memphis, priests maintained a sacred enclosure where they kept a live bull considered to be an incarnation of the god Apis. When the venerable bull died, he was given an elaborate burial. Archaeologists have discovered funeral niches for hundreds of these bulls in Memphis. Most notably, Apis the bull was the god of kingship, rebirth, strength, and fertility. In Egypt, they discovered mummies of all things of cows and bulls. I think we have a photo back there. I'm hoping that we can put up on the screen. And let me show you what they discovered. Uh, You've heard about the mummies that, you know, they discovered and King Tut and all of that. Mummified humans that were preserved. Well, this is how seriously they took worship in uh, these things in Egypt. They actually mummified them. One of them looks like one of my dogs. Never mind. (laughs) Anyway, with that sad little face. And so this is the sad reality of the worship of false gods in Egypt. Cole says, an ancient record of a battle of the Egyptians was lost because their enemies put a herd of cattle in front of their advancing troops. It worked because the Egyptian soldiers would not shoot at the opposing army for fear of accidentally killing what they considered to be sacred cattle. It became a ploy in warfare to put the sacred cows in front of an advancing army. This is how we can defeat the greatest army of the world, Egypt. And for us, our sacred cows, we can go through the list of the things that we don't want to touch in our lives. God wants them obliterated. He wants to demolish our idols who are really entangling us. And how we walk that out, we all, of course, have to wrestle with before the Lord. And so the dead bull was embalmed and buried in Memphis. They said his soul then passed to the world beyond as Osiris Apis with a slash. A new Apis was always believed to be born upon the death of the old. And all I can say is, that's a lot of bull. (laughs) Have you guys heard of what a Texas Longhorn sermon is? It's from Chuck Swindoll. A Texas Longhorn sermon is a point at the beginning, a point at the end, and a lot of bull in between. (laughs) Chuck Swindoll. Anyway. The plagues were judgments brought on Egypt's gods. Numbers 33, 4. I wonder, if the plagues were a modern phenomenon, what sacred cows would God be attacking in our world? And in the last year, has he? Have we sat up and taken note to what he might be saying to us? But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, verse 4, so that nothing will die. And here, death connected to the plagues comes up for the first time. Of all that belongs to the sons of Israel. Now, in the prior uh, plague, It didn't touch the sons of Israel. God made a distinction 
And now death is mentioned at the end of verse 4, but there's a sanctification, a setting apart of the animals of Israel in Goshen. And there will be a direct hit. It will be the hand of the Lord against those animals, but the Lord will make a distinction and will not come on his people. And the Lord set a definite time, verse 5, saying, tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. And so the Lord did this thing on the morrow. And all the livestock of Egypt died, but of the livestock of the sons of Israel, not one died. The Lord set a fixed time, and this thing occurred. And the livestock, horses, camels, and the like, the list that we saw, began to drop like flies in Egypt. But not one animal in Goshen died. There was no way to deny the supernatural uh, reality of this plague. You don't have a geographic area where, you know, all of a sudden, none of the animals in this area, probably central Egypt, die, but everything else dies. The plague doesn't respect, normally, political and religious boundaries. And what God is saying is, I'm the one behind this. This is not some phenomenon that just took place. I am doing it. I am making a distinction between people in covenant with me and people not in covenant. Indeed, the gospel, brothers and sisters, is a matter of life and death. I know it's not popular to say, but here's the reality. If you are in Christ, you have passed out of death into life. If you are not in Christ, you are condemned already. Death is on you. It is lifted from you in the ultimate sense in Christ. You are alive in Christ. Amen? Amen. But if you're part of the system of the world and you reject the Lord, you remain in death. We can remember back in 1985, there was something called mad cow's disease called bovine spongiform with another medical word. It attacked the brain. Brain tissue was gradually eaten away until it came to resemble a sponge. It literally drove cows and then people mad in 1985. Do you know how quickly we forget things, though? We're like, oh, back in the day in the Bible, there were the plagues. (laughs) I don't know. We had mad cow's disease. We've had other things that have occurred. And now we've moved from inconvenience and annoyance to death and the effect of the economy, of course, of Egypt. Now, some people say, well, there's perhaps a possible contradiction in Exodus 9-6 on the fifth plague because in 9-19, when the seventh plague uh, hits, Moses specifically instructs the Egyptians to bring their livestock in out of the hail, 9-19. And those who fear the Lord, 920, do so. How could they do that if there were none left? Most likely, the plague only affected the livestock in the field. And later on, there's going to be a warning. And the warning is going to be this. A plague of hail is coming. We'll do this next time we're together. And those who bring their animals in for shelter, and this is the way it is, Framed, those who fear the word of the Lord and bring their animals in for shelter, nothing happened to them. But those who left their animals and it says, and their servants and paid no heed to the word of God, 
they experienced the hail and the consequences that went with it. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hello, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. You know, since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on seven radio stations, one in Southern California, one in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The country where we have the second most listeners is India. Fewer than 3% of the population are Christians there. The hope of the gospel is getting around. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth by giving at least $5 a month and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness, and also contributing to the joy in learning God's Word and feeling Him close. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support has grown to nearly 35%, and we are praying for more listeners to become part of the Walk in Truth team. Can you become a Walk in Truth partner, or can you give a one-time tax-deductible Christmas gift today? Please help us reach 50% listener support before the year ends. Call 844-48-TRUTH to give or visit walkintruth.com. That's 844-488-7884. 844-488-7884. One more time, 844-488-7884 or visit walkintruth.com. And Merry Christmas. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And later on, there's going to be a warning. And the warning's going to be this. A plague of hail is coming. We'll do this next time we're together. And those who bring their animals in for shelter, and this is the way it is framed, those who fear the word of the Lord and bring their animals in for shelter, nothing happened to them. But those who left their animals, and it says, and their servants, and paid no heed to the word of God, they experienced the hail and the consequences that went with it. So I think this is, how we can understand the word all in 9-6. Not all the cattle or the livestock died, but it was just those, notice, that were in the field. And I pointed that out to you, I think, in, in verse 3. Another possibility, the Hebrew word typically translated all, kol, K-O-L, can mean all sorts of or all kinds of or from all over the place. So one writer says all may be taken not in an absolute sense, but according to popular usage, as denoting such a quantity that what remained was nothing by comparison. Here's an example. Like, I lost all my money in the stock market, or I lost all my possessions in the fire, 
or all my horses perish in the fire. It may, you may use the word all, but you may have some remnants left, but by comparison, you know, you would use the word all. So there's a, a couple ways to find a solution there. Pharaoh 7 sent, and behold, there was not even one of the livestock of Israel dead. So he, he wanted to do some investigation. All right, go over to Goshen. There's all these dead animals all over the place. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine everything that was out in the field, horses, camels, cattle, dead on the ground? I remember uh, a teacher, and his name escapes me, he's a pastor, and I think he was in India or somewhere, and he said he would go out for a morning run, and he would get some exercise, and then he was doing ministry. And he said he ran by, and there was a dead uh, cow on the ground. And it was being eaten by bugs and worms. And he said he looked at it and the Lord spoke to his heart and he said, do you see that? That's a picture of your sin. (laughs) It's like, ooh. All God's people said, ooh. But if we saw our sin that way, I think we would move away from it more quickly. And maybe the messengers had to walk around all these dead animals and they peeked over the wall into Goshen if there was a wall. Because Pharaoh said, I want to find out. I want to find out if the animals in Israel or Goshen are all still alive. What do you think he suspected before he got the report back? Do you think he thought he was going to find out that there were a bunch of dead animals in Goshen? I don't think so. I think deep down in his soul he knew. He knew that they were all going to be alive. And so he goes and he gets the damage report. <laughs> and they came back. Said, uh, they're all still alive in Goshen. Would that convince you, brethren, that maybe you should follow the God of Israel? And so not even one of the livestock of Israel was dead, but the heart of Pharaoh was what? Hardened. And he did not let the people go. What will it take? How many times does this guy have to get his clock cleaned before he realizes that God, the God of Israel, is the true God? Devastation everywhere, I'm sure, for Egypt. And each time Pharaoh and Egypt experience a plague, they go back to business as usual. They quickly forget what God has done. Even when the remnants of death are all around them, they just move on. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can understand it? So Pharaoh needs more. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron this time, take for yourselves handfuls of soot, It says from a kiln or from the kiln, if you have an ESV or King James, the furnace. And let Moses throw it toward the sky in the sight of Pharaoh. So all of a sudden now the next plague is coming. Moses and Aaron go and they're to take some soot from either a kiln or the furnace and throw it up into the air. I'll explain to you what this means in a moment. But it's in the sight of Pharaoh. There are two possibilities of the origin of the soot. Some people that the soot, say the soot is taken from a brick 
making kiln. So when they had to make these bricks for Pharaoh, right? He, there was blood, sweat, and tears, tears, and they were building these cities for Pharaoh. And maybe the soot was taken from the very place where the bricks were made. But there's another possibility. There was a god in Egypt called Typhoon or Typhon. T-Y-P-H-O-N or double O-N. And this god was worshipped through sacrifice. Sometimes they would throw a bull into the furnace. And on occasion they would practice something called human sacrifice. And to appease this god called Typhoon, god of the storm and all of that, sometimes they would sacrifice humans in there to appease these gods. Later Israel did something like this as they caused their children to pass through the fire and sacrifice to the god Molech. And God says, I want you to take the dust. I'll let you think about where the origin of the soot came from, and I want you to throw it up into the sky. Now, the Egyptian priests and and magicians, what they would do is when they went into this furnace, they would take the uh, ashes and they would, in a religious ceremony, throw them up into the sky, whether the bull or humans or a combination thereof. And as the soot fell on Egypt, it was supposed to be a shower of blessings. Something like this. Typhoon, we've sacrificed to you. Now give us showers of blessings. See what we've done? We've given you our sacrifices. We've given you our best. Now give us what we need for our lives. Now some of us say, well, the Egyptians were certainly some strange people, weren't they? Mummified cows, mummified bulls, you know, throwing dust up into the air. But there's some strange practices we have today. And maybe they're not put in the same religious language, but people do all kinds of crazy things. You've been listening to Bowls and Boils, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 9, 1 through 12. Hey, we just wanted to say that we are very grateful for all our Walk in Truth partners. It's thanks to you and our church that this mission has grown to serve people in over seven radio markets across the U.S., And it's listened to in over 26 countries on podcast. We've always tried to reach more people with the truth of the Bible and help people see how it does still apply to everyday life. Furthermore, to demonstrate how God does love the world. During this Christmas season, are you able to help us continue this mission? As you may know, we are a listener-supported ministry, and we could use your help. Would you consider adding Walk in Truth to your Christmas list? We would appreciate a one-time gift of whatever you can give, But, of course, you becoming a Walk in Truth partner, giving at least $5, $10, or $20 a month would go a long way, too. If this program is added to your day-to-day study of the Word of God, please visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click Donate. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, sometimes when people see the judgment of God, they use the phrase, How could the God of love, in quotes, do this kind of thing? Well, in categorizing God as a God of love, I'm not saying that that's a miscategorization, but it's not a full description of God. God is a God of love, but he's also holy and just. And he's described as holy, holy, holy on multiple occasions in the Bible. And he delights in just scales. Vengeance belongs to him, saith the Lord. That's Romans 12, and it's quoting the Old Testament. Here's the point. 
God is a God of love, but he's also a God of holiness and justice. And he loved you so much that he died on the cross for you. But if you won't receive him, then you're going to get his wrath. And you say, well, why? That that seems unfair. Well, he's made a way for you and I to be forgiven in his love, but he must judge sin. And instead of judging um, us, he judged his son at the cross. This is the good news of the cross. And so my prayer for you is that you would turn your life over to this true God who's holy and loving, just and loving. And, and that love and justice intersect at the cross of Jesus Christ. Trust in him today. Hey, if we can help you out in any way, you can call us at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We have pastors here, Pacific time, about 9 to 4, Tuesday through Friday, 844-48-TRUTH. As we move into the weekend, I pray that you'll get into fellowship, serve the Lord, honor his day, and we'll catch you right here either Sunday or Monday. Appreciate you and love you. Have a beautiful weekend. God bless. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also so more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us Monday for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 9, verses 1 through 12, called Bowls and Boils. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.